holy crap. <laughs> I'm, I'm 11 days into this year and it is not going as planned. Today is January 11th, 2023, and I am 10 days late to recording this podcast. I meant to be sitting down and doing this on January 1st. I had all these plans and this vision of how I want to start this year out and what I wanted to do with the podcast. And then I got sick. I've I've literally been like a week bedridden uh, by one of these like massive strains that's been going around. I was thinking about you and I was wondering, what's your relationship with New Year's resolutions? Uh, and my, I guess my secondary question is, uh, have what, like, has your year been hold, we're like 11 days into it? Does it look like you planned on it? Man, and it's not just the podcast. There's been so many aspects of my life where this has happened, where I've got these expectations uh, and I'm headed towards a direction or a goal and I, something happens, I get derailed and it is so damn hard for me to get back on track. So I either, either takes me, I either get derailed for a certain amount of time and I have to somehow get myself back on track or I completely give up. I mean, here's how ironic it is. I was once reading a book on this subject. The book was called Finished. I got distracted halfway through the book and I ended up never finishing that book. That, that's like the story of my life. Every, every so many things in my life. Uh, I have happened with that and I just get so I just get so mentally down on myself when that happens because I'm thinking about it. Maybe I want I want to start looking at January as more like pouring a pint of Guinness. And this is what I mean. This last October, Sarah and I went to Ireland to spend a couple weeks, uh, and we were all over the place. We flew into Dublin, and then after a couple days there, we rented a car and drove west and spent time all over the country. And when I got back, I was hanging out with a friend who asked, where in Ireland did you find the best pint of Guinness? At the very beginning of our trip, while in Dublin, I had the chance to sit down with Ireland's number one Guinness critic. His, his name is, he goes by the Guinness guru. But in this conversation with him, we talked about how to uh, think about Guinness. What makes a great pint of Guinness? So I started the trip right off the bat thinking about, okay, what makes a great pint of Guinness? And from there on, every single one that was poured, I was thinking about it. How's this one? Sarah and I were talking about, okay, how's the head on this one? What's the temperature like? How's the creaminess? How's the domage? But when it comes to where the best pint of Guinness we had in all of Ireland, the answer has been surprising all of my friends when I tell them. We found it towards the end of our trip in a tiny town of Kilbegan. It's one. Of, it's where one of my favorite Irish whiskeys is actually distilled. Connemara uh, is made by a distillery called Kilbegan there, and they also make Kilbegan whiskey there. So we stayed at an Airbnb in town, and the town is like, here's how small this town is. The town's so small that when you go places, people are actually confused while you're there. So Sarah and I walked to this pub called Larragies. We order a pint of Guinness, and we start up a conversation with the bartender who turns out is Frank Larragy, the owner of the pub. And the first thing he asks is like, okay, well, what are you guys doing in town? We're dumb. I don't know. We wanted to come in town. We wanted to check out this distillery. We thought we'd stay in town. And so we're here for the night. We're sitting at the bar. I think we had just walked in right when they opened for the day. 
uh, and we order a pint of Guinness. Nobody else is there. He pours it, fills the glass, and then he pours the glass out and then grabs a fresh glass and pours a second one. We're like, okay, that's kind of strange. I've never seen that happen in an Irish pub before. And then he pours those two and he hands them to us. We taste it and it is by far the best pint of Guinness we've had the entire trip. It's perfect. It's smooth. It's like, it's creamy. It's milky. It's a little nutty. It's, uh, it's a little roasty. Yeah, it's, got, it's got everything. So we tell him that this is the best pint of Guinness uh, we've had yet. Uh, and he, he nods his head like, okay, are you, okay, you Americans coming over here. Like, uh, gee, thank you for your stamp of approval on this, on this pint of Guinness as this is like the millionth one I've poured. But we get in a conversation with him about it and I ask him, okay, you got to tell me, why did you pour a pint and throw the first one away? And what he went on to explain is that the key to pouring a great pint of Guinness is flow. He said that when, you know, I mean, most of us know that uh, a, a bar has beer lines that go from wherever the kegs are up to the tap. And at any point in the day, there's always be like you pour a pint of Guinness and it ends the flow right there. There's always beer hanging out in the tap line between the taps and the kegs. And Frank's talking about how you know, if you want a fresh, proper pint of Guinness, you need to be having a flow. You need to be pouring uh, regularly, uh, even to the point where at the end of the day, he pours his last pint of Guinness. All that beer overnight is sitting in those lines. Most people would think that's fine. Someone comes in the next day, they pour a pint of Guinness. It looks fine. They serve that. But to him, he says, no, that's been sitting overnight. And even if it's, even though it's the proper temperature and everything, it's not as fresh as it could be from the keg. So he was talking about how every morning he pours out the first pint. He said he back in the day he ran some tests and with his pub specifically, where the uh, where the kegs are and that distance of his beer lines to the tap, that is just under a full pint of Guinness. So he likes to every day he comes in and he he pours out the old pint. Uh, and then he knows what's coming afterwards is fresh. But then he went on to talk about even more. He's like, listen, I will say that he's like, if you're looking for a great pint of Guinness in Ireland, you will never be served a killer pint anywhere that food is being served. I was like, what the hell are you talking about? Like every every place in America, every bar or pub is selling food and beer. But if you go over to Ireland, what you'll notice a lot of times in some of these smaller pubs, I would even say the majority of them you go in and they're not ser- they're not serving hot food. Their main thing is people come in and they're ordering beer. Uh, and then maybe they'll have like maybe pub snacks. That's why a lot of pubs in Ireland will have like bags of chips on the back wall behind the bar, but they're not serving hot food because it's all about the beer. They're they're actually selling more beer and there's more of a constant flow of Guinness than there are at bars and pubs that are selling food. And I thought about it. It's like, oh, it actually makes sense looking back at the places we had been uh, in relationship to how good of a pint we were being served. And so I'm thinking about that. I find myself now like a third of the way through January and I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about how damn frustrating it is to start a, something new. Like, like no matter what it is, whether it's working out 
or you're maybe you're learning an instrument for the first time or some creative endeavor that you haven't done before or maybe you have done before but you're just getting back on track getting that flow going is the hardest freaking thing because if you were to sample it right at the beginning if you were to take if you were to do some thin slicing right at the beginning and look at yourself 3 days into maybe working out for me, it's like, man, this is not where I expected to be. It's so easy for me to get frustrated when I look at that. Uh, I mean, that, I mean, take a tour, for example. Check out a band and see the first show, the first night of tour, and then come back and catch the very last uh, show of their tour. Those are going to be night and day different shows that you're going to see because they are in their flow even more so at the end of the tour. I mean, I, mean, I had a friend... Uh, who used to say all the time that creativity oftentimes is a lot like hot water in a shower. You get into a shower uh, and you turn on the hot water. The first water to always come out is cold. Uh, but that's just part of the process. You got to get the cold water out of the system and then the hot water starts flowing. But once the hot water starts flowing, it's consistently there. Then you can do, that's why you can do those micro turns, you know, really dial in that temperature in the shower. Uh, they, they, that's just how it works with that. And creativity is oftentimes this, the same way. Like when you got to get the flow going, you got to get that cold water uh, out of there for the water to be flowing hot. And I've been thinking about it now and I'm thinking about January and I'm thinking about the things and my expectations for this year. Yeah, maybe the, maybe my miss, maybe the biggest pain in January, February is for me is the mis misunderstanding of what January is for. Maybe Januarys aren't for perf perfection. Maybe Januarys are all about starting the flow. And sometimes you got to, I mean, that's maybe the benefit, maybe the benefit of resolutions aren't bad. Everybody talks about, you know, resolutions aren't good because, you know, you never can live up to them. Well, maybe that's not the point of resolutions in the first place. Maybe the point of resolutions is to have something, get some energy behind you that kickstarts the year and gets the flow going. Maybe it's just for me right now, not about judging what's coming out of me at the beginning of that tap being opened. I was listening to an interview with John Cleese from Money Python a while back, and he said that perfectionism is goal-oriented instead of what you need to be, process-oriented. Be a perfectionist, but focus on achieving it over a long period of time and over multiple drafts. You just need to get something down. He went on to talk about how Monty Python and the Holy Grail, was they threw away 90% of the first draft. But you got to get that first draft out there to get to the second draft. Like another writer once said... The only thing you can't fix is a blank piece of paper. So wherever you're at, whether you're in the middle of the flow or you're just first starting to tug on the tap. <laughs> okay, that might that sounds a little dirty. But wherever you're at, I hope that within all the goals that you have, that you are not goal-oriented, but process-oriented and focusing on the flow. All right, that's all I got. Cheers, friends. Rob Morgan is an internationally touring bassist on a journey to discover what it means to live a curious life. 
At thecuriouspod.com, you'll find an archive of conversations recorded all over the world, a map of recording locations, a weekly newsletter, and official podcast merchandise. Rob is recording a daily podcast where he's sharing insights into the creative journey and the secrets to living a curious life that he's discovered from over a decade of traveling the world with music. We here at Curious Endeavors have told him this is probably a mistake and he's in Egypt to attempt it, but he won't budge. So that's where we're currently at. We hope you'll enjoy. 